Welcome to the Morning Inspiration Podcast with Pastor Walt. At Chosen City Church, we are chosen to overcome, to build, and to be like Jesus. We pray that this podcast will empower you to do the same on today. Lord, we love you today. We praise you today. We thank you today for this opportunity. God, we ask you to forgive us of our sins and shortcomings. Have your way in this space like you always uh, do, Father God. We need to hear from you. God, on this 24th day of this journey, Father God, we have kind of said we've been climbing a mountain, and we pray that at the end of this journey, God, we will be exactly where you have called us to be. We pray, Father God, that we will hear from you with clarity and boldness on today, Father. And when it's all said and done, we'll be careful to give your name all of the glory, honor, and praise. It's in the powerful name of Jesus. We pray together. Amen, amen, amen. All right, fam, as I let a few more people uh, in the room. Listen, I want to tell y'all something. Uh, we are truly climbing a mountain together, right? I said that. And uh, one of the things that I have discovered about mountain climbing is that sometimes on the journey, uh, you're going to need some help. Somebody type that in and say, sometimes we need some help. Come on, say, sometimes we need some help. And uh, today, as we've been climbing this mountain, I have been so blessed and honored to be able to pour out and pour into so many of you. And then you all have emailed and, and poured into me. Um, but today I said, you know, Lord, as it's my responsibility to pour into the people to be able to continue to do it effectively, sometimes I have to allow uh, myself to be poured into as well. So guess what, y'all? I did that this morning. Uh, this morning, I am so excited to uh, share with you uh, uh, my sister in Christ, uh, Pastor Kaya, Pastor Kaya Ward Shears. Uh, she serves as uh, the first lady uh, at uh, Greater Fellowship Church, Church Charlotte, uh, but she's not. She's al also on staff as the staff pastor of uh, and resource director at Mount Zion Baptist Church of Greensboro. She's a theologian. She's an amazing woman of God, and she's an encourager, y'all. That's really why I brought her. Yes, she has all of the degrees. She has all of those things. But the reason I brought her here, y'all, is because she's an encourager. And I don't know about you, but I want to be encouraged today. So listen. And I want to make sure we do this Facebook, YouTube, Zoom, uh, Spotify, wherever you are, are. I want y'all to make sure that we show her some love today. Can we show can we show Pastor Kaya some love? Come on, y'all show us some love in the comments right quick, because she's about to bless our soul in an amazing way. I told her we have church early in the morning. We have church early in the morning. So she's about to bless our soul this morning. And so I'm going to uh, I think she I'm going to ask her to unmute. And uh, and then uh, and then I'm going to turn it over to her. And so uh, y'all show her some love. I see the love coming in Facebook. Y'all show my sister some love. And uh, let's go and see what God has to say. And let me make sure I spotlight you, sis, because they get to see my beautiful face all the time. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about you. There we go. Come on. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so, so much, uh, Pastor Walt, to you, to Lady Tiffany, certainly to our great friends, uh, Dr. Lynch and First Lady Nicole. Look, love you all. Love the Ebenezer Church family and so excited to be here on today. Look, you've already uh, given the prayer. So jump over with me. The scripture uh, for this Lenten moment today is coming from Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, and it's coming from verses one through seven. And it reads, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 to the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? 
And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. And I tell you in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Again, that was Luke chapter 15, verses one through seven. Family, in this Lent season, it's a time where we prepare for the resurrection, right? We prepare through prayer, through meditation, through self-reflection, but my favorite way to prepare for the resurrection season is through simplicity. I find myself trying to just slow down a little bit, and do things that are a little bit more simple. And so this year, one of the more simple tasks that I've taken on is to try to go outside for a walk. Just a couple of times a week, I try to go outside with my one-year-old. And as I go out, I love feeling the sun beating on my skin. I love feeling uh, the wind slightly blow by because, you know, it's North Carolina weather. So it's summer during the day, winter at night, autumn in the morning, you know, all of that. I love feeling the outdoor weather. And one of the things that I absolutely love is that if I time my walk in the perfect time of day, it never fails. I will always see kids playing outside. And just the other day, I was going on my stroll. I had the stroller in front of me with my baby, and I was looking around, and I saw a group of kids playing my favorite childhood game of hide and seek. You see in this game of hide and seek, just in case uh, you, you grew up on the other side of the rock. I grew up in the country of Chapel Hill. OK, so we always played hide and seek. OK, we had a big there was a big field and you always played hide and seek. And in this game of hide and seek, there was one child who was responsible for counting to 100. Or if your name was Kaya, uh, you counted to about 10. OK, and then everybody else would hide and the excitement and the joy and the game always came from trying to find those who were hiding from you. And in this text this morning, what I found was simply a sheep who was playing an unwanted game of hide and seek with the shepherd. But the thing that really stands out to me about this game of hide and seek is that sheep are flock animals. They're not known for playing hide and seek. They're not known for readily leaving the flock. Typically, sheep are huddled together. I'm not lying. Go on Google right now and Google sheep. You're going to find like 50 of them, okay? <laughs> they operate literally in a flock, which allows herders to, to look after them in large numbers. But literally, they stick together, and it's said that by sticking together, it helps to protect them for prey. Uh, we're told that they stick together so much that if one sheep were to jump off of a cliff, it's likely the others will follow. Truly, sheep are hardwired to stick together. And because we know these truths, why then would a lost sheep find themselves lost if they stuck to what they knew they were hardwired to do? Well, as I con continued what I called sheepology, what I found was that sheep stray for one of two reasons. Either they panic or they're curious. Sheep stray for two reasons, because they panic or they're curious. And in the same way, it, it hit me just as I was reading that text that you and I as Christians, when we stray from God, we do it for those same two reasons, because either we panic 
or we're curious. Don't leave me by myself this morning. You know, when we panic, we're worried that we send our way out of God's love or we panic uh, for fear of unforgiveness or because of that big mistake or because embarrassment or because of what other people will say, we start panicking. Or on the other side of things, we find ourselves getting a little curious. We wonder what the other side looks like, what it feels like, what'll happen if I really don't pay my tithes? Like, will I really, will God really be mad? Like, like what'll happen? Because everybody else looks like they're doing better than me on the other side. That's what we call curiosity. And it hit me as that revelation came that we are the lost sheep in this text. Literally, this text is purpose for encouragement for anyone who has ever strayed from God, for anyone who even in their time of self-reflection is saying, God, I know I'm not where I want to be. I don't think I'm where I should be. Or for anyone who's in a place who's strayed and wondered, uh, what does it feel like to go back to God? For anyone, even in this season, who is battling or struggling with guilt or shame or embarrassment of any type, this text right here is for me and for you. But the truth of the matter is this text shows us that when we stray from God, three things happen in my brief time. The first one that happens is that we experience his reckless love. I need you to blow up the chat right now. I need you to write reckless love, reckless love. You see, at the start of this text, we're met with some tax collectors hanging out with Jesus. And the Pharisees are looking, saying, why is Jesus hanging out with them? And to be honest, I always wondered why tax collectors were so bad. I'm like, I love my tax accountant person. Like, why are they so bad, right? But then we go to learn that tax collectors in this uh, part of the Bible, tax collectors are Jews who worked for the Roman government. They had a bad reputation for actually stealing and robbing from their own people because if taxes were $100, they'd charge $500. They'd pocket the floor and give the $100 back to the government. You see why that was a problem, right? And so they got a terrible reputation of being sinners. And I hear you in the spirit saying, but Kaya, we're all sinners saved by God's grace. I'm grateful I'm talking to a mature audience. But when you go back to this part of the text, there was always a very sharp line, a hard line in the sand. There were sinners who were tax collectors, and then there were the good Jews, the good Jews. Those were who we call the Pharisees, or rather that's what the Pharisees called themselves. And so it is, the Pharisees, the good Jews, are looking on at Jesus, and he's hanging out with these uh, people they deem as sinners, and they're saying, why would a man of this caliber hang out with sinners? Why would a man of this caliber do this? And the truth of the matter is in answering the question, Jesus goes on to start referencing sheep. Now, y'all, all throughout the Bible, uh, we're told about sheep. We're told about the relationship between a shepherd and, and their sheep. In John 10, 1, John 10, 1, this is where we're told that the sheep hear the voice of their shepherd and they know him. We're told that a shepherd calls the sheep by name. And in Matthew 9, 36, we're reminded that of the compassion of a shepherd. And in Ezekiel, we're reminded that, that the shepherd seeks out the flock. And then in Psalm 23, my favorite, we're told, uh, we're reminded of this God who anoints uh, their head with oil. And in the same way, we know that a shepherd anointed the head of sheep with oil to keep passed away. So there's a long-standing relationship between sheep and shepherd, and it helps us more clearly understand why Jesus makes this reference, that if just one goes away, that he will leave the 99 to go back and get it. Family, the truth of the matter is a sheep 
that's lost cannot save itself. It may make the bad noise, but it will still be running likely in the opposite direction. So if the shepherd takes no action, the sheep would be doomed. And I just want to know in this season of Lent, is there anyone today who can say like that sheep, I can't save myself. I may have a good job. I might have good degrees. I might live in a cute house, drive a cute car, but I can't save myself. I might've been in church all my life. I might know all the scriptures. I might sing in the choir every week. But one thing I know I can't do is I can't save myself. Without King Jesus, I know I would be lost. If my late grandma were on today, uh, when it comes to not knowing, not having anything outside of Jesus, I know she would come and she would say, Kaya, it's all about the blood. Y'all know that song in communion, don't you? She would say, Kaya, it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. She would say, the blood that gives me strength. From day to day, it will never leave, lose its power. In other words, not only am I nothing without Christ, but I'm nothing without a God who continues to follow me, who continues to chase me down. And it's a trick of the enemy, especially now with so many distractions, to make us feel like we're alone and that nobody is looking for us. But how many of you can say, despite what I've done, I know my God is looking for me. I know he's chasing me down. I know the blood reaches me at the highest mountain and in the lowest valley. Family, there is a story, an illustration that, that says uh, one day on 2020, Anybody watch 2020? Okay, uh, I'll tell my age just a little bit, okay? So I love 2020, and one day I was watching a rerun of it, and, and Barbara Walters was interviewing a young lady who had been abducted. And she's looking at this young girl and she said, uh, you were abducted for a month's period of time. She said, why didn't you give up? She said, why didn't you throw in the towel? Did you ever just want to stop? And she said, well, what happened was every single day, my abductor would come in and he would tell me, your family's not looking for you. He would say, your family doesn't love you. He would say, no one's going to find you. You're going to die here. You should give up here. And she said, despite what he said, I knew that my parents loved me and I knew they would spend every single day chasing me down. I knew they would use every resource chasing me down. I knew when they were out of resources, they'd walk on foot till they found me. And all I'm trying to say is if this young lady understood that she couldn't give up because someone was chasing her down, surely you and I ought to get to a point where we too understand that there is a God who is chasing us down. So while it could be easy to give up, while it could be convenient to give up, while to others it may even make sense for you to give up, you can't give up here because there's a shepherd looking for you. There's a shepherd who loves you so much, he's chasing you down. Despite what we've done, he still loves us. Well, Pastor Walt, there's one more thing I want to fit in here. You got to invite me back to get my third point. So you got, I got to fit this last part in here. Not only do we experience God's reckless love, but we also in this season of Lent, we experience realignment. Go ahead, type realignment, type realignment. You'll notice here in the text that in verse four, the, the shepherd leaves the flock and finds the one. But in verse five, it tells us that when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. But here's one thing this text doesn't say, but to understand it, you got to understand the culture at the time. 
The culture at the time would have said that if a sheep continually left the flock, the shepherd would actually break the sheep's leg, put the sheep on its back, and then travel back to the flock. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand why or why would, would this happen? Why would a, a shepherd leave the sheep, the flock of sheep, only to go and break the leg of the one they found? It, it didn't make sense to me, but then I got it. The reason why the, the shepherd breaks the leg of the sheep is because by the time the sheep's leg heals, it learns to stay near the shepherd. There's a story of a, a shepherd who was tending the sheep and he had had to break the leg of one of his sheep who kept straying off. And one day he had a visitor and after feeding all of the flock, he goes over and feeds this lone sheep. And about that time, the man asks, he says, man, what happened to your sheep? I, I see his leg is broken. A wolf got it, huh? He said, no, a wolf didn't get it. He said, oh, well, well, sheep aren't that smart. I bet it fell off. It fell in, uh, off a rock. It fell into a hole or something. He said, no, that ain't happened either. He said, what happened to your sheep that it broke its leg? He said, I did it. The traveler got his eyes real big. He said, why would you break the leg of your own sheep? He said, you see, this is a wayward sheep. It would not stay with the rest of the flock. It kept going astray. So I had to break its leg so that day in and day out, it learns to trust me. So that as it sees me caring for it, it learns that I am here to help it. It is in the breaking process that the sheep learns to trust me. So could it be in this Lenten season, in this time of reflection, and in this time of self-meditation, you also feel like everything in your world is crashing. If you feel like nothing is working out the way you intended it to work out, if you feel like, God, why do I feel this low? It's a season of celebration. Why do I feel like my friendships are breaking? Why do I feel like my marriage is breaking? Why in singleness do I feel? But God, why do I feel a heightened sensitivity to my breaking? And God is saying, because in the breaking, you learn to rely on me. He said, in the breaking, you learn to draw closer to me. Y'all, we got to get to a space where we are spiritually mature enough to understand that in that breaking, it ain't always the devil. <laughs> Could someone type that? It ain't always the devil after you. It's not always a trick of the enemy. Sometimes it's God coming along here saying, I got to break your leg because if you knew what I had planned for you, if you knew what was coming in this next season, if you knew what was on the other side of this thing, you would stop going astray. You would stop going back to old ways. You'd stop going into friendships and relationships I've already delivered you from. You would have been stopped hanging out with certain people. You would have already walked into your call of ministry. You would have stopped saying yes to everything when I was telling you no, if you knew what was next, but because you're not ready for me to tell you what's next, I got to break some things off because when I break it, it's actually preparing you for the next season. So if in this Lenten season, you felt the sensation of the breaking, somebody type the sensation of the breaking. Even now, I want you to type a good hallelujah, a good amen, and let that revelation rest on you that your brokenness is tied to your next step in life. One thing I try to remind people, it said in the Bible, we're told that God works from the end to the beginning. It simply means God created your destiny with this season in mind. That means God ain't in heaven having like an emergency meeting about your life. 
God's not in heaven panicking with the angel. Ain't nobody panicking right now but you. So every now and again, when you understand who your savior is, when you understand that he has your back, when you understand he would never leave you or forsake you, quite the opposite. When you understand in this Lenten season, he is chasing you down. That's why this Lenten season ought to bring us a calm. This Lenten season ought to bring us a simplicity. This Lenten season ought to slow us down. Why? Because it's, it allows us to allow God to catch up with us. It allows us to pause long enough to notice, wow, God is chasing me. God does love me. If you wait long enough, have you ever heard those who wait on the Lord? Don't make me go to that scripture, Pastor Wild ain't gonna invite me back if I go over my time this morning. What I'm trying to remind you is that God is chasing you down, but you keep running. You keep going the other direction. And so often when we talk about a wayward sheep, we're thinking that God's talking about people who don't know. We think that the Bible's talking about people who don't know God. Or we think the Bible's talking about people who, who, uh, who left Christianity. It's talking about us too. It's talking about those of us who show up to 6.30 a.m. devotions. It's talking about those who show up to choir practice, who show up to all the right meanings. But every now and again, those of us who still are running from God, who are busying ourselves so much that we're not completely receiving the God who is chasing us down. Family, isn't it good news to know that we don't got to play hide and seek with God? Like it's all cute and it's all fun with our friends on a nice spring day. But don't be like the sheep playing hide and seek with God. Every now and again, you ought to stop running. And pause and allow God to overtake you. Allow grace and mercy to overtake you. Allow the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, allow it to take over you. Why? Because in the text, we are reminded that not only do we experience this reckless love, not only do we experience this realignment, but we experience rejoicing. Because we're told that after breaking the leg, after putting the sheep on his shoulder, what does it say? The Bible tells us that, that the shepherd goes home and he calls his friends and he calls his family to rejoice because he found it. And this is powerful because it tells us that community is a place where we can lose and recover together. Church is a place where we can lose and recover together. So if that's your story, if that's the only reason why you feel like you can't draw near to Christ, because you're saying, well, I've lost, I've lost. you in the right place. This is the place where we lose and recover together. This is the place where we celebrate together. And this morning, I believe in this Lenten season, God is calling some people to say, will you stand in agreement with your neighbors, with your brothers and sisters and celebrate them instead of critiquing them, instead of talking down to them, instead of reminding them who and what they used to be? Are you willing to come to a place where we will celebrate with our neighbors, where we'll say, I know who you used to be, but I thank God for who you are now. Is there anyone in the chat who says, I'll be that person who will celebrate. I'll be that person who will keep the pastor's arms lifted. I'll be that person who will use my gifts and my talents because in this season, I don't want God to have to, to chase me for long. Is that anyone says, God, you ain't got to chase me for long. I'm stopping right here. I'm in submission. I'm not even going to wait till Easter, God. I'm in submission today. <laughs> Family, 
family, we thank God for our time together on this morning. And let us be reminded that as a community of believers, we need not play hide and seek with God. We need not run away from God. Instead, we are to come together for rejoicing, for realignment, to fully experience the reckless love of God. God bless you, Ebenezer. Pastor Walt, we're back in your hands, sir. My God, come on, family. Let's celebrate the Lord for an amazing word. We always have said that this is a place of healing. Uh, this is a place of uh, of, of deliverance. Uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Kaya, what I'm going to ask you to do is just uh, close us out. Uh, uh, Facebook family, uh, they are responding in an amazing way. Uh, they're tagging friends. Thank you for speaking life to us today. And uh, what I want you to do, I want you to pray, pray over us, sis, because we have people from a lot of different places, a lot of different states, different churches come from everywhere, but they come here for what was uh, was spoken through you today. So I'm just going to ask you to pray, pray over us and uh, give us our benediction so we can go and get to get to, get to these jobs and these responsibilities and assignments for today. Y'all show Pastor Kaya some, uh, some love. Y'all know, y'all already know she's coming on Sunday, right? And then she's going to come on Sunday, one of these Sundays. Not this Sunday. Don't, don't come looking for this Sunday, but she's coming. She's coming. <laughs> we got to We got it. We got it. We got to get her on there. So uh, she's absolutely coming. It's going to be an amazing time. Listen, uh, I can't wait. Ooh, we. So uh, uh, Pastor, go ahead and uh, go ahead and leave, close us out in your own way. All right. Father, we come to you right now and we thank you so much for hanging out with us on this morning. We thank you for the sweet presence, God. We thank you so much for the revelation, God. And now, God, we thank you for the application as we walk this word out. Father, give us a heightened sensitivity to your reckless love. Give us a heightened sensitivity, God, to your presence. I speak right now to that person who felt so alone in their walk. I speak even now to the heart of that person who felt they'd strayed too far from you for your love. I speak right now into the heart of that person, God, who was having trouble slowing down to feel your presence. Even now, God, my prayer is that you would meet each and every one of us at the point of our need. My prayer, God, is that you would wrap your loving arms around us. Forgive us for the times we played hide and seek with you. Forgive us for the times, God, that we've strayed from you. Forgive us for the times, God, that we have rested in our mess instead of turning it over to you as our Messiah. Even now, God, and today we feel a fresh anointing. Today, God, we feel fresh oil. Today, God, we are proud to call ourselves a sheep and you are our shepherd. We are proud to say, God, that we are hearing your voice and we are following you at any time, God, if we stray, if our thoughts go places they shouldn't go. Father, give us a divine realignment. Even those who feel like they're in a broken season of life, God, help us be reminded it's for the realignment, Father. Help us distinguish between your voice and the voice of the enemy. Show us which way to go, God. Even now, I'm believing in the spirit that some lost sheep are coming back home. I'm believing in the spirit even now, God, for the spirit of rejoicing that is taking over each and every person who is in contact with this morning uh, devotional right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you and we bless you and we thank you for what you're doing in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, love you, family. God bless you all. Pastor Kaya, to God be the glory. Thank you for sharing your gifts with us. Everybody have an awesome day. God bless. Go in peace. We back here tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Looking forward to see what God's going to say then. Take care, everybody. Have a great rest of the day.
Thank you for tuning in to the Morning Inspiration with Pastor Wald podcast. This and other podcasts, as well as our live Sunday morning service, can be found on all of our streaming platforms and are also available on the new Chosen City Church app, which is available on both the Apple Store and Google Play. We would love to see you in person on Sunday morning at either our 8 a.m. or 1015 services. We are located at 13925 Irwin Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. We hope to see you soon and have a blessed day.